Hello, listeners. I'm Brenda Lone Baker, leadership coach and speaker. Welcome to Fearless Females, Redefining Success in Women's Leadership. I'm passionate about helping women be more than they ever dreamed they could. This podcast records conversations with highly successful women in all kinds of careers. They share their learning and their experiences to help you create a roadmap to your leadership success. Join me today as I interview Serena LaPiccolo-Smith. She is the head of the Inspire team at Keller Williams International, and she is a real estate advisor or luxury homes marketing specialist. She's a really interesting person with a a really great story to tell, so I can't wait to help her share that story with you. Take a listen. All right, so welcome, Serena. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to see your face. Although our listeners can't see your face, I can see your beautiful face. Um, So why don't we start, jump right in. Tell me a little bit about what you do. All right. So first of all, Brenda, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be able to share my story, but most of all, to have a chat with you. I was really looking forward to this. Uh, So what I do, I'm a real estate advisor. So I'm a licensed realtor and I work for Keller Williams. Keller Williams Cape Cod and South Coast is my brokerage. And uh, recently I started my own team, which is kind of like a brokerage inside another brokerage that gives you the opportunity to uh, take advantage of all the benefits to belonging to the largest real estate company, literally in the world. Keller Williams has almost 190,000 agents in 50 countries, including Italy, which is my country, but we'll get to that as well. And, uh, um, but at the same time, having a team allows you to be more independent, to work with other people and to grow the company within your company. And so my team is called Inspire. So it's the Inspire team. And right now I have two, incredible virtual assistants. One is my executive assistant. The other one is a, more of a director of marketing because we are focusing on our marketing and online presence. And, and then I have a, a buyer's agent who's a great person and speaks uh, um, Portuguese and Spanish as well. He comes from Santo, Santo Domingo. And so I like to call myself a real estate advisor rather than a real estate agent, because that is what I do. I give advice. So when I meet with somebody, if it's selling or buying a home is not the right thing for them at that time, I will tell them. Mm-hmm. And maybe I will help them rent a house or think about it or improve their credit, their credit score, so they can get ready to, to purchase, you know, maybe a year from now or even more. 
Definitely. And, and from having, having worked with you on real estate deals, I know that you are that kind of advisor that goes above and beyond. And really, it's not just about, let me list your house. It's about, you know, how should you look? What furniture we need to move? What else needs to happen? How do we advertise? I mean, it's like the whole shop. It's, it's amazing and very good advice. And I love that. Um, I, I love having people connected to me and I have several that you know that they're gonna be honest with you and they're gonna say, the kettle is black. <laughs> like exactly. This is what it is and here's how you can fix it. Mm -hmm. Even if that means five years down the road or something else, that that's okay. It's really what's best for that person. Yeah, and in the end, and that is the main reason why I got into this business, because I I really love helping people, and I'm not just saying because like no, you're not. I know everybody <laughs> says, that. and you know that kind of many people ask me how come I changed career, and if I missed my previous life, my previous career, and somehow I feel that I'm finding almost the same level of trust and deep relationship with my clients now, they almost all become my friends. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's what I, this is exciting. It's incredible. So when I, when I start working with somebody, my first thought is, hmm, new friends. That's and, awesome. and sure enough, I keep in touch and we keep talking, we keep, you know, we, we remember each other's birthdays with, with, most, with most of them. Mm -hmm. And so I still, uh, I feel, I mean, it's not the same as being a doctor, but uh, it kind of gives me, you know, something similar to that feeling of doing something useful and important. So I love, I love that you brought to that because I really think your career path and, and the choices that you've made and how it has progressed is such an interesting story and so powerful um, and having watched you find real estate and the the amazing like knowing you beforehand and watching you find it and grow into it it's like you found your home it's so fitting for you but i'd love to hear a little bit about your story and your career changes yeah so basically i don't know if you can de detect a slight italian accent there it's a little just, just a little, little one yes you know i i always joke that i don't really have an italian italian accent i'm faking it because somebody told me that it's really good and people really like it and so um I do have an Italian accent and it's because I'm from Italy. I was born and raised in Sicily, in Palermo, and there I became a pediatric oncologist. And so I worked for many years. I moved to the Gasolini Hospital in Genoa, which is the, the biggest, one of the biggest uh, pediatric uh, oncology and hematology departments in Italy. And there, my boss decided to send me to the United States to do one year of cancer research. And he sent me to the Memorial Sloan Care and Cancer Center in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Well, six months later, I met my husband, Joel. 
and that was that. You know, <laughs> that, that, you know, that in the end, when you when you need to make a, a choice, sometimes between your career and your and your life and your your love life, when you find the right person, in the end, it wasn't even a choice. It wasn't even difficult to make this decision. And and so we got married shortly thereafter, and then we moved to California. And we had kids. I have uh, two children and uh, one stepson who's now 24. And by the way, he got married. Oh, congratulations. And that's also another super exciting thing. And thinking that I might be a grandmother <laughs> too. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Um, and then the, my other two kids are now 15 and 10, Julia and Ian. And uh, um, so I did not work. I stopped working because I, I actually tried to, um, to, to take the board exams to start practicing again. But every time I started studying, I got pregnant. Huh. And so I thought, well, maybe the universe is trying to tell me something. Yeah. And so I listened. And I was like, you know, I can focus on my kids. Also, when you have your own children, being a, a, an oncologist for children, it's, it's kind of intense. And so I realized I couldn't really do that anymore. And, uh, and so I stayed home. I raised my children. Then we moved to Falmouth, Massachusetts, because my husband, who's also uh, is a, a researcher, is a he's a real scientist, I like to say, we like to joke. Uh, he got a job here in Woodsall. And, uh, and then when my youngest one started going to school full time, I decided to start working again. And in the meantime, though, I, I wasn't idle. I started networking. I discovered BNI, the Business Networking uh, mm -hmm. International Group, and uh, I joined the Chamber of Commerce. And I did all that to promote this grassroots effort that uh, I started together with uh, one of my best friends, Laura Lincoln, to build a YMCA for the Upper Cape. So in the, uh, I found out when I, actually, it's a funny story. When I first moved, uh, I, looked, I looked up Falmouth, right? And my first question was, is there a YMCA? because I had the YMCA near where I was and I loved it. I'm like, I'm not gonna move to a place that doesn't have a Y. And so I found it online, almost YMCA. So imagine my surprise when I moved here, there was no YMCA, it was Falmouth, Maine. Oh. Falmouth, Maine does have a YMCA. It's a tiny yes. little town of like <laughs> 20,000 people and they have a YMCA. And so I said, well, you know what? Instead of joining all those that have been complaining for 30 years, there's no, there's no public pool. There's no gym with the child watch. I'm like, let's start this grassroots effort to build a YMCA. And six years later, we, we are partnering now with the YMCA Cape Cod, the one in Nyanis, and we, we have a purchase and sales agreement on the land. That's great. On a piece of land. We are fundraising. So there's a very good chance that this will happen. So I, I feel that already that's one of my greatest accomplishments, actually. Uh, but thanks to this involvement into, um, you know, volunteering, networking, the networking that you've done. I already had a pretty vast network of, of uh, connections. And well, so 
And that is that is one of your superpowers too. Superpower. I would definitely say that you are a superpower networker. And I think if anyone who's listening has questions about how to network powerfully, they should reach out to Serena because man, she's got it down and she's really good at it. And I think one of one of the pieces that makes you so good at it is is your honesty and your your integrity right if you say you will do something you you do it which is amazing um anytime like in all of that progression because i i talk to so many women sometimes who who question their moves in life and what's next and they get to that place where they're feeling like oh this doesn't work for me anymore and they just don't know what to do and they kind of spin. So I'm sure you had moments of that kind of spin. What did you do to help yourself get out of it or what helped you? Well, I'll tell you, I still do. Yeah, we all do. You know, it was a big switch from being a doctor with all that that implies. So it's, you know, a kid's doctor, cancer doctor to be a realtor, you know. But in truth, what I like to say is that you just have to listen, you know, listen to yourself, listen to the universe, listen to what is put in front of you. Sometimes new doors open in front of us. And if you're so stuck and so, so stuck in who we are or who we think we should be, mm-hmm. who people think we should be then we will never find this new world that opens up in front of you. I, somebody, my friend this morning asked me if I'm happy, my friend from Italy, Rossella, one of my best friends. And I thought about it, I'm like, I said, yes, I am, I'm fulfilled. Right. And so I'm content, you know, I love, you know, be able to do more, to grow my business and now this, I love to see all these opportunities. You know, that's what makes me content. Is that it's not it's not a hope, but it's just looking ahead and seeing that there's more that I can that I can achieve if I work hard. And I, so I, I think the hardest part about that for people is that so many of those messages, like you said, what you think you should be or what other people think you should be, so many of those messages are so deep inside of us that we don't even realize mm-hmm. that we are judging ourselves on, on these messages that are so uh, outdated or, or not true for us. I had a client that uh, loved their job, worked 40 hours a week. It was easy for them, but they were unhappy because they felt like they should be working harder. They should be doing more. When we dug into it, They were a child of a single parent who worked three jobs, was always exhausted, always tired, always unhappy. And so this person learned that to be working hard, you needed to be exhausted and unhappy. And because they loved their job, but until they could get to that point, take that step back and realize that messaging, they weren't able to say, well, yes, that's what I learned, but that's not what works for me right now. And I can believe this. That's so true. I, I fully agree. Yeah. Awesome. And, and then in the end, there are things that you have to accept. You know, these days, 
I have more stuff to do and to get, because also, of course, if we have kids at school, Julia's being homeschooled, right? And there's, a, there's the house to take care. Then we have two dogs and two guinea pigs. There's a lot to do. Two big yeah. dogs. Big, 150 Not pounds. little dogs. But they're the sweetest, sweetest one. Um, so I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, but that's why I enjoy my time because I have my, as you can see, I have my home office here and I turn on my salt lamp Mm -hmm. and I just turn on some music in the background and I have like four or five hours that are all to myself in the morning and I get a lot of stuff done also a lot of thinking done and there's something and I want to give this piece of advice to everybody who's listening um I always I used to have this feeling of oh my god there's so much to do I will never get it done or I am not getting anything accomplished because this list my to-do list grows and grows, right? And so I started doing something, which is to write down every day almost, or at least once a week, what I have accomplished so far. I love it. And since I started, Brenda, I'm shocked that we actually got a lot of stuff done. And I started now sharing that with my assistants. Awesome. Because they also shared that, I found out, because I love to have a fully open communication with, mm -hmm. with them and also with, with Wanda, with my buyer's agent. And uh, um, so I always ask them for, like, for feedback. I check. I check in right. with them. How are you doing? Uh, how are we doing? Uh, you know, is there something that we can do better? You know, mm -hmm. can we communicate better? And so this came back to me that they were feeling overwhelmed and they were having this sense of you know it feels like we always have to do more but what have we done what do we have to show for and so since we started doing this all of us have this feeling of accomplishment mm -hmm. that there's still a little bit of overwhelm sure, you know, that, sure. that, but again like you said before you just have to accept it you just have to live with it, knowing that things will get better as you put all the systems in place, you get more tools, so you you know, you get the lay of the land. But and you know, you know you're making a choice in doing it and you know where you're headed and it has your vision in it. But it also I love that you're looking at the accomplishments because so much, so so many times, women especially, we're very good at yeah. looking at what we don't do, and we're not very good at looking at what we did do. Exactly. And I see this as a tail. So put what you have not done yet on one side and then what you've done already on the other one. Until you do that, you don't realize that, yes, your hard work is paying off. Well, it's, it's also mental because in focusing on the accomplishments, you're pulling towards yourself more accomplishments. Oh, if you focus true. on the negative, you spin and you bring the negative. But by focusing on the positive, you're bringing more of that positive to yourself. So I love that. Yeah, that's actually an exercise I rec recommend a lot. Write down the things you did do. Really? Yes. Yeah, well, you are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I so I love, oh, you mentioned something in that about, you know, open communication, which I think is very important in leadership. But what, what do you think are some of the most important traits of an effective leader? Well, you mentioned, you touched upon the, the first, the most important ones. There are, uh, that you have to be honest 
and you have to have integrity. And I feel that if you don't have those two, then you have no credibility with, with your clients, with your peers, with the people that work with you. And so those are the two most important ones. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's another one is, in my opinion, the ability to inspire others. And so that's why my company's name is Inspire, because this is what we want to do. And this is always, you know, what is really close to my heart. This is who I want to be. I want to inspire others through my words, through my actions, through my example. Mm -hmm. and, and then the last one, in my opinion, is, you know, to be humble. And sometimes you have to boast about your accomplishments, especially when you are in sales. You have to let people know what you can do and what you've done, because otherwise they will choose somebody else over you. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is that when you are a leader, right? When you, when you are in, you start a team, like in my case, it goes from me to us, right? And that's where we are right now. And I always tell my people, we're all peers. We're all partners here. I'm not, don't call me boss. They, they like calling me boss. I'm like, no, I'm not your <laughs> boss. I'm not, I'm not the principal. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to help you find it in you. And I'm going to help you own our goals and our vision. So then you will tell me what to do and what your role is to help all of us achieve our goals together. I love that. I love that. And that's, that's actually one of the, when uh, Google did a study on the top leadership traits, the top leadership trait was being able to coach. And what you just explained, helping people find their best way to do things to be their best selves, that's coaching. And, yeah, and right. so, you know, you're doing, you're doing the top leadership traits, Serena, but they just come naturally to you, I know. Yeah. Um, but I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna say something else sorry. about the, the humility. And then the next step would be to go from us to them. And this is something that I believe many people don't, don't quite grasp because in my opinion, and I'm, I don't know if I'm right, but in my opinion, a trait of true leadership, it's when nobody knows who the actual leader is because the people there are so good, so talented, and they, they own the, 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 the vision so much, then the, the team leader just has to step back and then help them, mentor them, um, make sure, do those course adjustments. It's like a, a captain, exactly. a ship captain, just do the course adjustments when they are needed, but then let your talented people do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And there's something that in Keller Williams, we are very big on training, right? Yes. And they always tell us any real estate agent and of course team leader has three important things to do, only three right? It's the, you know, the Pareto principle, 20% and 80%. Yes. So the, the 20% of a, a successful agent is leads to find more clients, right? Listings, because we must find listings. And the third one is leverage. And this leverage for, for many years, I thought it meant, yes, you have to find somebody 
that you can drop the rest of the 80% too. So then you have more free time. But finally, but literally like a few months ago, it dawned on me. I don't know what it means. It means that somebody that is in charge of a team or in charge of a company must spend at least one third of their time looking for talent, looking for talented people that then can, they can help mentor, help them grow, so then then they can become the leaders mm -hmm. of the company to the point that then the actual CEO, let's call it CEO, can step down, right? And have this supervising role from behind the scenes. And right. to me, that's, the, that's extremely important in terms of leadership, because in the end, let's face it, leadership is not power. If anything, leadership is responsibility. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I really like the way you explained that. Um, you said something really interesting in there that I want to go back to because it's a question I get all the time from women. Um, you talked about sometimes you have to sing your praises. Yeah. So how do you do that in a way that is not boastful? Because oh, I think boy. you're very good at it. I know <laughs> you're good. Yes, because I know you think highly of yourself, but it's not in a way that is, is at all annoying or boastful or any of those negative terms. It's very just natural and you put forward confidence. So, um, you know, what do you think people do best when they are singing their praises in a non-boastful way? How do you do that? Well, it, that's, a, that's a very good point. And thank you for your feedback because I constantly second guess myself. Like right now I, I'm starting something new with a company that will help me make some videos. And, uh, and I'm already anticipating the idea of having my face there like front and center and having to talk about myself and, and what I do and what I did. And of course, I'm not comfortable with it. So, uh, but then again, you know, it's a necessary evil. Like I said, you do have to do it. So in my opinion is doing it with humility, you know, without, uh, so don't boast about yourself. So I, I honestly, I don't think I'm that great, but I know that I work hard, right? With grit. Have you read the book, Grit? I have. Yes. I love that book. And uh, um, that's something to be proud of, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the so this last three or four months, so I was, uh, uh, before, before now, I was with two teams. First, mm -hmm. the person who brought me into real estate, and then and it was the number one team in my market center. And then I moved to the number two team in my market center. And I learned so much from both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then last year, for the first time, I went on my own. And so I was like, okay, it will take me a while before I can, you know, understand what to do, get my systems in place. And somehow I started getting a bunch of awards and uh, uh, certifications and uh, uh, acknowledgements and endorsements, like literally one after the other, to the point that it, it was. It, 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 I haven't shared a lot of them because I'm like I cannot keep 
doing that on social media like every two days put it with not that often but to no, put no, all, no. These, all these things out and so um I just created a, a page of my website where I have you know I list all those with the links and then um I look forward to actually having the team so I can almost hide behind them and praise them for the accomplishment so right and and I'm I, I'm already starting to do it so every time that we do something well right uh we win a prize like we were number one uh, we have a ranking board mm -hmm. and uh, in january we were number one above there's uh, 220 agents in our well individual agents there's fewer there's also some teams but we were an individual i was an individual agent i was number one uh, yes. on the ranking board and and that's what prompted me to start a team because that was my target if when i get into number one then I can actually start a team. And I was so happy that we could actually do that. So now it's not like, oh, I'm number one. It's we are number one. Thank you to Katie and Rico and Wonder for your hard work. And uh, uh, thanks, thanks to, to your support, we were able to achieve these results. And uh, I believe that when it's us, and it could be even if you're on, by yourself, Mm -hmm. Just give credit where credit is due and give credit to others because let's face it, we would be, we would not be anywhere without the support of the people around us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know my husband is very supportive, he even cooks. Uh, that leaves Mine me. does too. <laughs> oh my God, we are so lucky, aren't we? Very lucky, yes. Very lucky, and he cooks also well, which is <laughs> you know. And I wouldn't have the time, you know, it would be mac and cheese pretty much every other day pizza. Because I mean, I'm, I work too late sometimes. Right. And so, um, and my kids, my kids support me too. You know, they understand that, that there's sometimes that I don't have, you know, time to spend with them. And, uh, um, and they help me like uh, Julia now cleans the kitchen every day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't even have to tell her. And right. I'm like, hey, that's a, a surprise. That's, that's huge for her age, yes. So I want to get into like what you see as the differences between male and, and female leaders, because I think that's an important conversation. And you have some unique perspective having been in two different countries. I think you can kind of look at the US a little differently sometimes because you can wear your Italian lenses to see it. So yeah, well, you know, actually, I was reading something about that uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I was like, I was sur yeah, surprised, but yet not that surprised, surprised that only 3% of uh, Fortune 500 CEOs are women. 3%, really? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that number has grown yeah, in the last 10 now. years, but it's it's gonna dive again, it's diving now. Okay. Not the CEOs necessarily, but uh, COVID has yeah. really created a huge um, exit for women from the corporate workplace because it's just too difficult to manage everything. Yeah, and again, that concept that women have to manage everything. 
you know, there's a, I, th I believe, I don't remember if it was a, like a documentary or it was a movie where they asked uh, all the women that applied for this uh, high powered job. So how are you going to manage your family? And, uh, and this woman looked at the interviewer in his eye and said, are you asking that question to also to all the male candidates? And the guy was like, wow, no. It didn't even occur to him that that's a question that he should have asked both. That's a question that, you know, it's a legitimate question, but why do you still ask only women? We are in the 21st century. Right. You know, there's a lot of stay-home dads too, which is Definitely. something, going back to your first question, that in Italy was unheard of. So it was almost... Uh, but that was about 20 years ago when I, when I moved. And now I see there's, there's more, more men are owning it, you know, and they're okay with taking care of the kids or staying home if the, the, the wife has, uh, you know, a, a bigger earning potential. Mm -hmm. But back then, you know, the idea, uh, I, I was telling my husband this story. I, I had this group of friends and we would go um, every almost every Sunday to have uh, like a brunch with, mm -hmm. uh, with, their, with her family. It was, it was a girlfriend, right? And so there were like four or five of us. I used to play semi-professional basketball uh, back in yeah. Italy. And so I was in this village and, the, and all the players, uh, there were like five or six of us, we would go have lunch at one of, one of ours, uh, were, what is called teammates. Uh, teammates thank you homes and I remember that at the end imagine you know Italian style Sunday brunch right oh so it was a, it was a production and like so two hours later the kitchen had to be cleaned and I remember the father always sending her to the kitchen saying go and clean remember to also wash the floor you know it was it was a thorough cleaning and her brother was in charge of making coffee, which was a three minute job, right? And so she would say, hey, but my friends are here. Why do I have to do it all by myself? And the father would always, I'm, I'm saying every Sunday, would say this, So this is Sicilian. That means you're bad that you were born female. Oh. Right? Wow. And he would say that in front of all of us because he also wanted to kind of give us a lesson, like us big shots, semi-professional basketball players, go, go watch the floor, you know, <laughs> know your place. And, uh, and I remember back then, I was a little bit indignant, but then again, you know, it was true, you know, we, if you, if you grow up and if you are told over and over that you know that's the way it is you end up accepting it right mm -hmm. and so that's why i believe it's super important to tell our daughters you can be whoever you want you can do whatever you want just mm -hmm. work hard i mean it's not that nothing will be given to you you have to right. get it but don't let anybody tell you that because of your gender that whatever that is you know, it could be male, female, non-binary, whatever. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's something you cannot do if you put your mind to it right. and you, you work hard. Right.
That's great. What a, what a fun story. My goodness, yeah. I can't even imagine. Uh, it's funny. And there are younger view, younger listeners, I'm sure that are just like, what? Because yeah. it's so foreign to them to think that, you know, we had limitations. They, they live in a different world. Um, and I always love, go ahead. When I first moved here, my husband did suggest because I had the potential of being a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And so probably a higher uh, salary compared to a scientist. And so he did suggest to stay, to be a stay-home dad and having me be the career uh, spouse. And I remember back then, I was like, my father is going to die here. <laughs> There's no way they're going to accept That's that. Yeah. And, and also, you know, even my friends, I remember thinking that, and yet today, God, I would love if he decided to be the stay-home dad so I can pursue my career. Right. Although we found this balance in which we yeah, both you're, do, you're both career. doing fun yeah. things. Um, I always love asking my my interviewees how you define success in leadership, and I'll give you a little backstory because really for me, like you were saying earlier, that was one of the biggest things until I could change that definition of success. I wasn't ever going to get there because the definition that I had been taught was so unattainable. unattainable. Mm -hmm. So tell me what, how do you define success in leadership? So, you know, to go full, full circle with what I've been saying and what I believe, think that the measure of true success is when you create more leaders. So, right? Mm -hmm. So the, a leader must mentor, that's the right word, and because mentoring is not strictly coaching, it's, it's more, right? It's also leading by example, it's also being there and supporting them in, you know, for anything they might need. It might not just be a strictly business-related issue, mm -hmm. it could be even a personal, personal. issue or a, a, a growth, personal growth situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that what I love, I love to consider myself a muse, because I love to see the potential in others. And when I recognize potential, I, I, I feel like it's my duty to pull it out, just to, to create the environment and to guide them to become the absolute best they can be. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to think that I do that with my children and with everybody that I've mentored, you know, throughout, throughout the years. Because I used to be in BNI, the networking yes. organization, and I used to be a director and a mentor. And, right. uh, and I remember, I, I, this was motivating me even back then, that was like five or six years ago, just to identify what they really want or help them identify what they really want and then like, guide them through using the, and developing their skills and their talents to achieve their, the goal that they have um, right. chosen. No, perfect, I love it. If you were to go back uh -huh. and you were able to give some advice to your little 15 year old self, what would you tell young Serena? Well, I would say, first of all, do not listen to those 
fathers who tell you that you know it's your fault that you were born born female <laughs> and that you can fly high you know there's there's no limit fly with the eagles that's mm. what I, that's what i always like to say you know there there's no limit don't let anybody tell you that there is a limit there are limits but it's up to you to find what your and your only limits are yeah so that's that's really really the only thing that's lovely. I love that. Um, how about a quote that you really love? Oh, a quote. Let me think. So that's one. Um, wait a second. I, I think I have it here. Oh, yes. Yes. It's by John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. And it says that leaders become great, not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. That's Awesome. And, and I mean, and this is what I, I mean, it could be my quote. Let's say. Yeah, that's, it that's could what be. I've been I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, so, and having watched you, I know there's so many people from BNI and everywhere that I'm sure think of you as a part of their journey oh. and some some helping hand up a certain step of their journey, if not more than one step or a whole flight of stairs. So I thank you so much for your time today, Serena. I really appreciate it. I know people are going to get a lot from hearing uh, your insights and you inspire me. Thank you. Yeah, no, and thank you, Brenda. Thank you for everything. You've always been an inspiration to me as well. Thanks. Right. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for joining. Please spread the word and share what you've learned here with other women. If there's someone you think that needs to be interviewed for Fearless Females Redefining Success in Women's Leadership, please connect me with her. For more information, you can check out my website, www.innerovation.com. You can like Innerovation on Facebook, follow me, Brenda Lone Baker, on Instagram or Twitter, and try to stay in touch. I hope y'all have a great day.